Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope y'all had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 83 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from California as Leanna Buya Palacios takes home the weekly honors. Leanna hit 583 with two doubles, four home runs, six RBIs, and six runs scored as her and the Athletics Mercado RC 2026 team competed in Vegas last weekend at the PCFL qualifier. Awesome job, Buya. Best of luck this season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with three-time ISC champion and ISC Hall of Famer, Sean O'Brien. OB had an absolute fantastic playing career, as he was a monster not only at the plate, but behind the dish as well. As mentioned, he is a three-time ISC champion, five-time Canadian senior men's champion, five-time ISC All-World selection, and re- represented Canada internationally from 2000 to 2010. We're going to talk to Obi about getting a start in the game over in Newfoundland, his time on the ISC circuit, representing the country at the international level, being inducted into the ISC Hall of Fame, and much, much more. Obi was an absolute beauty to chat with. Hopi and I were pumped we got the opportunity to chat with such a great player from our game, an even better person. A lot of laughs were shared in this episode, trust me, you're going to like this one. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on I can't describe what I'm feeling Ain't never felt this freedom I got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on Ain't never felt this freedom Could you, could you say that anything goes And we're back. We're back. <laughs> I had to change it up a little bit on you. Okay. First of all, you're back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Yeah. You're back. How you doing? Good, man. Good, good. Back in studio. Yeah. It's nice to be back. Back from the COVID jail. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, family's doing good. Everybody's great. Um, nobody really got terribly sick. We all had like a little bit of the flu for one day. Yeah. Cold for the rest of the week. Back to work. Everything's back to normal. Good. A little bit tired. I won't lie, but. Everything's back to normal. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I actually, I, I had a massage tonight and I, my massage Happy therapist. And, no, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> my massage therapist and I were talking, I, I asked her, I said, did you have COVID yet? She's like, no. She's like, everybody around me has been getting it. Really? But I haven't had And same with me. Like I haven't had it. But no, then again, yeah. I, I I know a lot of people now that's have it, that's had it, you know, yeah. and, and still. But you haven't been around them? No. Do you wear a mask all day at work? 
Do you have to like on? Not upstairs in my office. office. When I go downstairs, yeah, yes. You do, yeah, when I'm walking course. around for yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I still knock on wood. Well, you know what? Yeah, knock on wood that you didn't get it yet. But you know what? Yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> I got three shots. So oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I'm Good boosted. Good I'm for boosted. You. So. We're not allowed to talk about the shots and stuff because we don't care if you do. We don't care if you don't. Nope. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. I do want to talk about that a little bit, though. I have a couple of friends that were on, you know, the, the whole Facebook thing with the convoy and the truckers. And mm-hmm. I said to them, they asked me my opinion. I flat out said, I'm not telling you. I don't mm-hmm. care. I, I care about what's going on and all of the, uh, uh, you know, everything around what's going on. Yeah. But the fact that if you say one thing wrong, especially on social media, you get your ass bashed. Luke classified is a perfect example of that. I know. Did you see did that? Did you see that? Unreal. It's almost heartbreaking when people say shit like that. I know. And it has nothing to do with Luke saying, I don't support whatever it is, racism, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. It's the fact that somebody has to think they're a keyboard warrior. I know. And bash somebody somebody yeah. for saying something Unreal. for your own opinion. I agree. I, I hate it. I do too. Yeah, and I'm it. the same way. I have totally... Like stayed away from oh, yeah. even even retweeting anything about it, like 100%. anything like that, or um, liking or or disliking or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I yeah. agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I'll tell you something I don't like, <laughs> and I, I don't want to make this too long. But <laughs> so today we found out. So first and foremost, my my girls, I have twin girls that are in their second year of university. Right. Okay. So they graduated. Graduate. Graduated. Yes, two years ago. I'm the one drinking beer. <laughs> I know. I have mouth problems. <laughs> they didn't get a graduation. They didn't get a prom. They didn't get a safe grad because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Okay. So we got through it. Summer, blah, blah, blah. They went to university first week, frosh week or whatever it takes place. They didn't get to enjoy any of that because nobody did because mm-hmm. of COVID. In residence, they didn't get any residence life because they were pigeonholed and stuck in their rooms. Yep. Today, their oh. goddamn university went on, went on strike. I know. It is bullshit. <laughs> it's so upsetting, man. Uh, and but I, you know what I, I'm. It's not that I don't support the professors or the, the faculty or the union or whatever's going on. Yeah, it's just the fact that my poor kids have been, like, almost shunned because they yeah. graduated at that that one point when COVID just took over the the earth. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Feel feel bad for them. Yeah, let's uh, get into some softball here. Yeah. So, did you watch any of the Winter Classic? <laughs> I did. I watched uh, a lot of the later games. Yeah. And I watched so I, when Hill played. I watched because I like yeah, yeah, yeah. Shields, yeah. Shalesy, and Molly. Yeah. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. a lot of OTC guests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a lot of guys that were there, man. Holy shit! I know. It was like at one point. Uh, well, you had mentioned yeah to Blair by text. Yeah. And then Blair announced it actually during the game. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I missed yeah. that, but uh, yeah, it was Bowley and 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 Zeke and. Lolly, Hilly. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. There's a whole like, ship hauled what, What's going on here? And then Jakob. Yeah. Jakob and, and, and Blair. And, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. oh man, it was, it was great to watch. I mean, you know, January getting to watch ball and, you know, kind of, kind of gets the itch going. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Except it didn't look very warm down there. It didn't. In fact, wasn't it one of the semi games you said that Newfoundland was warmer than Florida? Yeah. It was 10 degrees, 10 degrees in St. John's <laughs> and it was six in Fort Myers. Like what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Jesus. Except but, they can uh, play on their fields down there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking about Newfoundland. Yes. Why? Did you know? Yeah. Did you know? Did you know that War Goss is the all time leader in strikeouts and wins in the St. John Senior League? Crazy. But he's also the home run leader crazier oh that's crazy that guy's a beast ward's played a lot of ball we gotta get ward on here i agree yeah he'd be a fantastic guest 100 such yeah. a nice man too yeah. yeah yeah he's and he's seen quite a bit hey we've had like i don't know half the population of newfoundland on here we might as well get in a couple more <laughs> <laughs> might as well yeah. yeah yeah 
Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking about news, we got the uh, former news himself, uh, Sean, Sean OB, Sean O'Brien. Uh, man, I, I listened to his podcast with uh, Hilly and Lolly, and it's by far one of my favorites. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Such a good storyteller. And uh, you said Lolly. And I did say Lolly. <laughs> Probably mentioned him again here on here, but uh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to. Can't wait to talk to OB and no, uh, for sure. And hear his side of the stuff. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into his little black book. Yeah. I, I told you about that. Yeah. And, uh, not the same one you have. No, not the same one. <laughs> I threw that one out actually. But, uh, good idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get Sean. Sounds good. Yo. Here we go. OB, thanks for coming on the podcast, pal. No worries, man. Anytime. Love to help out and love to give back. It's like you guys are doing. Yes, awesome. sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. How's, how's things going up in Ontario today? Busy. Like I say, it's, it's uh, a little cold weather, a lot of snow, and uh, hey, we can just keep motoring, get through the COVID, and get rid of all the, uh, you know, deal with all the truckers up in Ottawa and stuff like that. It's crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of, we touched on it in the, in the open yeah. just a, a little bit, man. It's, we, we kind of got to, uh, be kind of weary of what we say on here because you never know what the keyboard warriors are going to say on Twitter and that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I know. I, I, we, I got a company at Ottawa. I own a fire protection business up there, Precise Fire Protection. And we, uh, we're based out of Ottawa, but like you say, try, we try to stay away from downtown for the time being. Like, mm. you know, let the lads do what they got to do and yep. try to stay out of your hair. But unfortunately, if, you know, we got to get down there for a service call or whatever, we, we got to get there. I mean, it is what it is. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, I might as well, I got to get this out of the way right off the get-go, you know, since we had Rob on back last May and how that he... That wasn't good, fellas. Did you get him on to look at the stories that come flying? <laughs> well, how he ended his was uh, it, talking about the, uh, the the fight story between you and him out in the mound. So I, I, I got to hear, we, we all got to hear your side of the story on this one because I, we were like, what the hell? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Well, see, you're probably going to take Rob's side being the pitcher's chemistry, you know, you know how it is, but, uh, you know, being the brains behind the operation, just like I've always told him, let me do the thinking, you do the pitching, and it's easy life. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, you know, me and Robbie were pretty competitive people, and yeah. when we play together, it was always, we keep pushing each other, and I hope he knows, because we play with us, and the Canadians are there, and it's just like, we keep pushing each other, we want to go to the next level, and whatever it takes to get there, get there. Right. We had a situation where we're, we're playing ball, and and he wanted to call a a drop ball, or wanted to call a rise ball. So I kept going drop, kept going drop, kept, going, kept shaking me off. I'm like, all right, enough's enough. Here you go. So I told the batter what was coming. Here's a lifter. Here you go. See if I can hit it. <laughs> so we lift there, and boom, he hit the bomb out of the park. And I walk up to mom, and Rob goes, you told him, didn't I? I said, yep, that was it. We just went right at it. And then the umpire came out, and later was playing third base. Julie, hey. And the umpire goes, Jesus, this never happened before. What am I going to do later? So let him finish. <laughs> you know, it is a good ball story. Just at the end of the day, let me do my work, Rob. I set up hitters for a reason. There is a method behind the mat. Exactly. You got to trust yeah. me. I got to trust you. You hit your spots. And, and the big thing about pitching and catching is that I don't care how great of a pitch you are. I mean, Big Z was amazing. You strike out 19 out of 20 people, I think you had 21 a game. But everybody's not gifted like that. So, like I said to Rob, slow it down a little, hit your spots and make them get themselves out. I mean, we got to a point in the game where I'd have somebody like Chris Jones or, or David Boyce on shortstop or, or Tosh. I'd think all these guys would say, okay, you know what? We're getting late in the game. Make them hit the ball to me. 
Right. Okay, yeah. that's good. So, so you could set a batter up a left or right hand batter with pitch outside or inside, jam him or make him force him to hit the ball that way if they're going to hit it. And you try to get him out. And it's just that that's the, the trust that me and Rob have. Right. Like, you know, let the guy get himself out and let's, let's keep him in the park type thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we always had our battles. And then you had a few years where he decided to go his own way and I went my own way. And, you know, we came together at the end when it was all said and done. So yep. yeah, yeah. it worked out well. That's Absolutely. good. That's Absolutely. Good. I love that. Actually, you just mentioned about, uh, you know, playing with Hopi at the, at the nationals there, you and Rob uh, with the, yeah. with the Brookfield Elks. How'd you, yeah. how'd you like your time with the Elks? Totally loved it. We went down, we were treated like Kings. We came down that they couldn't be nicer people. Yeah. Uh, like I said, unfortunate when we come down, like, like Hopi and Framer, you guys know when you come off, either play in the ASAs, you don't get much time to heal. You jump into the ISCs and you and it's a rough goal for 10 days. Yeah. You play that and you jump right into Canadian. So if you've got any ailments, I think Robin, he's groin or hamstring. Yeah. Robbie had a pulled groin. Yeah. And I said, you know what? We're going. We're, we're do the best you can. I mean, throw one leg, one arm, whatever you got to do, but let's, let's, you know, do the best we can here yep. to help the lads out. Let's just try to win the Canadians. And uh, you just, like you say, you don't get a whole lot of time to heal in between those three week periods. So, no, that's right. Yeah. No, it was, it was a hell of a time. It was great, but a fun, great experience. And like, anytime you play back, it's always, you got to love it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. A awesome. uh, little thing we like to kick podcast off with is uh, quick pitches. I know. This is going to, I like this because it's going to get away from the, the hilly and lolly dust up stuff that I, I listened to over the last two days. So little other yeah, stuff that, that beauties, those boys. Oh, oh, I love them, man. Yeah. I'm don't t- ever tell lolly, but we love them. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't want his head to swallow. up. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Anyway, with the quick pictures, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some random questions to you and uh, you, you give a, you give the best answer you can. I know it's going to be good. So uh, first oh, one, this should be a beauty first, first one, uh, Best thing about growing up in Newfoundland? The people. It's definitely yeah. not the weather. It's definitely the people and the people you surround yourself by. Yes, yeah, no yeah. doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, what was your go-to bar on George Street as a 19, 20-year-old? Or 18. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we used to go to a lot. But we went to when that Jungle Gym's there. You go to the Sundance or Greenscapes. I mean, you pick your choice. It was always O'Reilly's. We always had different ones where people would go to. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we we'd end up at Jungle Gym's basically when we was there because that's where a lot of our group would hang out. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Man, I'm t- I got my first taste of that at the 07 Nationals there when you guys hosted, and it was like heaven on earth for me. I was like, George Street is, <laughs> what the hell is this? It's yeah. amazing. Well, it's funny because me, me and Robbie went to New Zealand in 93, 94, and we went down to play winter ball. And when we got back, we were in between working and, and going away to play on the mainland or whatever it was. So we had like a month or two or a month and a half. So we went downtown like every day and after we go training at the rec center and stuff, we go down for a few beers and get to a point where the boys had our own stills and had the normies poured up and every person we got there. Just <laughs> every, like, it got a little crazy. We're like Norman Cliff on Jared. We got to get out of here. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Uh, next one. Uh, favorite place to play during your career? Not team, like favorite, I guess, field and my favorite place was, was Kimberly, Wisconsin. I mean, we got lucky there. I mean, the fan base is phenomenal. Besides Newfoundland, Newfoundland's the greatest place on earth, mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah. because you get such fan support and you're, you're a homegrown boy. But to play uh, to play in a place, Kimberly was always a beautiful place to play. The fans were phenomenal. And, and wherever you played, there was always amazing competition. Yeah. So I would have to say that. It's, you're playing like down in a little grove area and you're playing on the lower diamond. It's just, it's not absolutely beautiful. Yeah, sun- Sunset Park. Out there in Kimberly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. And we got lucky enough. I think we won. We won the world during '03. I think it was. So it's it's still a special place for us. Right on, right on. Uh, 
Hardest you've seen a guy get pinned from an intentional call you made behind the dish? Boy, one of the hardest ones I've seen get pinned was Jason Hill in the nose by Cox, but that wasn't <laughs> intentional. <laughs> uh, Hilly will still blame me this to this day. That you call you guys Hilly, I never. We, it was in a situation where we're playing in, it might have been Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or, or uh, yeah, I think it was Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think Hilly said Eau Claire, yeah. Coxie, uh, the Umpy wouldn't give Coxie, the balls were all wet. And he wouldn't give Coxie a dry ball. And you know Frank's a little a little off the rocker. Right <laughs> so I said to the umpy when he's giving me, I, said, I need a dry ball. He's eager playing with that. I said, man, you don't understand. I need a dry ball. He said, you're playing with that. I said, all right, here we go. Threw the ball back. And you know, Coxie, this is what I don't want to use it. Frankie said, use it. Heads up, Hilly Bang. And struck him right in the beak. I'm like, Jesus. I said, Jesus. Frank, what are you doing? Said, I never tried it with the face. So, well, Okay, but Hilly played me for it to this day. <laughs> Holy shit. Like I said, Frank's a little off kilter at times. Hell of a pitcher. And I mean, he's, he's, I played with him for seven years and then we won a lot together. And he just, he's, he's, he's intense. And yeah. nobody yeah. digs in because you never know what Cox is going to do. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, I felt bad for Hilly. He struck him right in the beak. And oh, I'm like, God. oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. It wasn't good. But I never stopped Hilly. He kept on trucking, but he still smashed Oh, yeah. He was not the greatest, but I mean, I wouldn't tell that him that either. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't no. tell you that either. <laughs> my, my, my last home run, I gave up a senior Nats. That was off Hilly, and it was a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you he's probably a dipper because he's a pretty good dipper hitter. I see him hit a lot of drop balls a long way. And I see, typically, guys don't hit drop balls that far, but uh, Bill Hilly's pretty gifted at that. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was my straight ball. Which I throw a ten a lot of. Oh, you, you <laughs> tried to, to sneak one by him. Hey, little, <laughs> yeah, the old sixty-seven <laughs> fucking mile an hour fastball. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's a chuck and duck. Yeah, that's right. The crazy had a chance that it was the catcher when yeah. left the bat. The crazy thing <laughs> is, is that there was a the wind was blowing in probably about eighty kilometers an hour that that day. And he still hit the roof of the beer tent. <laughs> so, no, don't tell him that, though. Oh, uh, yeah. We already discussed that on his <laughs> podcast. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, if you could go back and play one game again, which one is it? Um, there's a couple that come to mind right now. Um, one was the ISFs in 2004. We lost in the finals and we're up 3 nothing. And the other one was... 2008 in Kimberly, Wisconsin. Again, we when I was playing for Aspen, we lost to Kitchener in the finals. We were up three nothing as oh, well right. again, and Dina was throwing a blinder. I mean, Wolfie and Eider and these guys are getting in the box saying, "Obi, I'm glad you can catch it because I, I can't see it." Nice I'm just lucky Dina was in the mid because I can't see it either. That <laughs> just. For whatever reason, just uh, ran a little bit out of gas because, you know, we ran him hard the whole week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, you know, things just started on, on unraveling, unfortunately, because it was just, that's it's one of those days where, you know, you talk about everybody, leave it on the field. At the end of the day, we're all spent. We are just, yeah. we're totally just spent. We, we had nothing left. And then you went home and looked at the marriage, you know what, that's the best I had. And we just ended up right. in the final. But I'd like to have that day back. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, toughest pitcher you've ever faced? Toughest pitcher I'd ever faced. Um, geez, that, that's a tough one. I mean, you played in an era with with a lot of really dandies. Jesus, fuck, a lot of good I, pitchers. I like, I, like, I like facing Z to be honest, because Z's always challenging you with the rise balls. But the toughest one I faced, I would probably have to say, would have been my brother loved hitting off him, but I didn't. It was Peter Meredith. Oh yeah, Salt Lake City. Wow. He uh, he threw gas and he threw a, a really really tough drop ball. Like it had come. 
at halfway in his next level and just go right off the table. Like Peter was was a man. He threw hard. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, back in the day when when we first started coming up through, through seeing him, like Rob was like, oh, I love it. And I was like, Rob, I don't think I hit. You know, I don't think I get hit off in twenty at bats. He's, <laughs> he's just he's just one of those type of guys that I never had much luck at against. Yeah. Yep. Right on. Uh, well, I don't think a, a lot of guys no. had a lot of luck against them. So I mean, no, unfortunately, Peter didn't didn't, uh, didn't win a, an ISC. But I mean, he was loyal to Salt Lake and played with them for so many yep. years. But I mean, he was a guy that that when people saw him, they said, "Wow, he just he, he had the wow factor as well." Like him and him and Whitey, Michael White, oh, yeah, Ollie Algar threw hard back then. Uh, you know, uh, you had Big Z in the unit. He was there. Underwood. I mean, they were all there. All all the names. All the guys are in the Hall of Fame. Stuff like that. Yeah. Just, just out through gas and it was always a challenge because when you get into the box it's like the only advantage we had at that level is that they don't miss by much so you're getting the ball somewhere in that area yeah that's you right you got to try to pick them pick them and do the best you can to, to try to find out what's coming at a time yeah. just to have a little bit of advantage but you still had to hit it like it, it yeah. was tough yeah exactly exactly a uh, couple more here uh one th- one thing you wish you could go back and tell a younger version of yourself <laughs> uh uh, this could be a loaded one, man. <laughs> yeah, I would say to myself, um, geez, that's tough. You just gotta. To me, it'd be don't worry about your hitting. More worry about your catching, your defensibilities. Like get the the confidence in, in your in your pitcher. Like it's hard to separate your game as a pitcher and a hitter, a pitcher and a catcher, or a hitter and a catcher. Yeah, because you know you have a bad at bat and you tend to want to take it back with you when you go behind the dish, but you can't yeah. be able to carry your mind. So I'd like to, I to go back and tell myself that you know what, you got to learn after day one, rather than be ten years in your career and say, holy shit, I'm realizing this now. It's like you know what, figure it out. Yeah, it, it stops right there when when you have a bad at bat, you just throw it away, and it's not a big deal. You get back into your job is to make sure he does what he's supposed to do on the mound, and if you get a hit, as a bonus. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, right. you know, guys like Ducky Chase told me that with Mark Sorensen back, and these guys are really good hitters as well. It's like you know what? Oh, but your job is to go out there, make sure you get the best out of him. And Doc Simmons was great for that too. It was like I got you to catch. Yeah, I got hitters to hit. I want you to catch. I want you to control the game, and if you get hits, it's a bonus. But at the end of the day. Your job is to control him and we'll be successful. Okay, perfect. I'll yeah. play that game. And then it, it took more pressure off me as, as a younger kid saying, okay, now I'm not worried about, you know, I struck out or I had a bad at bat or whatever. I, I got to focus on this. And then the hitting came easier for me after that. Once I figured it out, I was like, okay, there's no pressure. I get hit as a bonus and you get hit. It's like, okay, perfect. Yeah. 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 Makes so, sense. Well, I like to tell the younger players to separate that as you get older. Don't worry about the hitting more. Worry about the catching and cold control your pitcher. Well, Jesus, that, that, Leads into my last one here, I guess. Uh, what's some advice you would give any up-and-coming catcher, you know, that wants to make it at a high level in our game? That would be it. you got to be able to catching, and you'll learn. you got to be able to control your emotions. Right. And being thrown in that position, coming from, you know, back home to go out west, played out west with Grand Prairie for years and all that stuff, I learned that it don't matter what pitcher's on the mound. If he sees you upset and frustrated back there, he's going to get frustrated. And yeah. then the game goes to a different level. It's like, yeah, and I had, like I said, I had Frank for seven years. Frank saw me frustrated back there, pissed off at the world. People are getting drilled and balls are going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I got to make sure these guys see that we're all on the same page. It's a comfort zone. And then me and Craw would have this conversation. Oh, Craw got a little excited about the game. He'd get in there and he'd get, you know, get wound up and pumped. I'm like, Craw, that's great. I love the emotion and enthusiasm. Like, you're an amazing catcher, an amazing ball player. But at the end of the day, when you have a bat at bat and you take it back to the plate and stuff like this, back to the behind the dish, and you're all for you can't 
get it out of your head, I said, we're going to have some issues. So, I mean, that's why we always work well together, me and Carl, with the national team and stuff, is just uh, we all get on the same page. Just that's go amazing. back, do yeah. your job, yeah. you know, leave it where it's at and, and have some fun. Yeah, makes good. total sense. Good, so good advice yeah. right there. So, uh, Obi, tell us about uh, getting your start in the game over in Newfoundland. Well, to be honest, I mean, people talked about that, and, and we never really played competitive ball till I guess I was about 16. Like, I played one year, I think, in, in Waterford Valley, where it was just uh, Pee Wee or something. They just had a few games and all that stuff. Basically, me and Robbie played behind our house with, uh, with a lot of people on the street and stuff like that. Our dad played pretty competitive ball, so we'd always follow him, and we'd be playing with the men all the time. Just uh, and like uh, our dad always says, you know what? Don't take pity on these guys. Either catch it or eat it. That's your option. Right. So, yeah. You know, we're nine, ten years old, and these guys are throwing at us pretty hard. I was like, okay, figure it out. But it's funny that my older brother Mike was as good as Robbie and myself, but for whatever reason, he got to an age where he said, ah, I'm bored with this. I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> so I was like, holy crap. Okay, but Mike, Mike would be Mike, our older brother. I don't know if you ever met Mike. Hope he probably did. Uh, Anyway, he's the type of person that if you get bored or something, he'd just take the ball and throw it in the trace. I'm like, oh, Jesus, my going to want to beat you up because you're bored with a game, and I threw the ball away, and now we got to protect you. And it's like, oh, here we go again. I mean, uh, yeah, myself and Robbie played played a lot on our front yard, in the back, whatever. But Rob did play Bantam and stuff like that, and Outer Cove and Midget. He went up the rankings. But me, I just I started, I think, 16, 17. I started playing junior ball with the with Labatt's and then Hilly brought us up to John Hill brought us up to play some senior and give us some taste of, the, of what the real men play and stuff like that. And that, I mean, you grow up quick. Yeah, you yeah, grow up and learn how to play the ball because these guys didn't take pity on either. It was, it was a pretty competitive league as you guys know when you played yeah. your leagues back there. Oh yeah. You, you have a, you have a club game team where you you know, you get the Barry Wrights and the Musies, and Timmy Max and all these guys are all going, you know, just pretty competitive game. Here. Yeah. You know, nobody That's wants right. to lose and they're all playing for keeps and, you grow up pretty quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. I, but I mean, that that had to be huge in your development, at, you know, at a, at a young age, being able to play in that St. John Senior League. Well, when we played in the Senior League, and then we, we got the call that, you know, you want to play a few games up in the mainland, and then we went up and then tried to make a name for yourself and then ended up getting on the development team and then ended up going to Nashville and the whole nine years. But at the end of the day, when, when we got there, Robbie and I, and, and started playing on the mainland, and we're like, Jesus, this is, uh, I think the league back home was a little more tough to play in than up here. So it kind of eased it into us because we were prepared. We were 19 years old playing against men that were 40 years old. It took no pity on you. So when we jumped into our league up here and you're playing junior ball and, and, and thinking into the senior balls, like, we were prepared for it. We were toughened up and ready to go. It's like, hey, you know, this is a game, this is a ball. I mean, they throw just as hard at home as you do up here. So the ball only hurts for a second. Let's move on. Let's let go. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I get. There must have been, like... I mean, King, King, King will come down. Todd King come down for uh, for a year to play, and he tried the old slap bunting. That didn't go over too well for Gare. Uh, oh, he, got, he got drilled every time he got up. You get in there, and you swing the bat. And you <laughs> crap and slap and, and yeah. all. Like, get in there... After a while, King was like, I can't do this. I just kind of start swinging. Crazy. I get drilled three, four times a game, but King was really good at, uh, at slapping. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, somebody asked, hey, King, you want to come over to the rock and fight? Nope, I'm not going back <laughs> over there. <laughs> There's no slapping over there, that's right here. You stay and you have your swings like everybody else, and let's go. Yeah, oh, that's shit. Right. That's right. Shit. So how, how did the jump to uh, Stitzville come about? We got the... Uh, we were home and got a call from a guy, Vince Daly, who was in Stittsville, uh, because we played junior before, and he wanted to bring up uh, 
myself and Robbie and a young guy named Kevin Dumpy out of Newfoundland. He saw us play from wherever, and I read, you know, I'm putting a team together in Stittsville, and, uh, you know, we want to make a run at the juniors. So we said, all right, so we moved to Ontario and stayed up there for for three or four months, so however long we had to be there to get the residence type thing. And, and uh, it's funny, the year we played there, I don't know if you guys would have remembered a guy named Barry Ellerback. No. He was a really, really good thrower. He threw hard in junior. He was like the Scotty Evans junior, stuff like that. Like the Corey Garoos were just, yeah. he lit it up. He had really tiny hands, but he threw gas. And that year we had him and Robbie and, uh, you know, really wanted to make a run at the junior nationals. And about a couple of weeks before the nationals, he got killed in a car accident. Oh, shit. That, Jesus. That, that was a big blow, yeah, to our team and all that stuff. And had to go to his junior. And then sort of left, it was just Robbie. So to place. To play in Ontario back then, I think we had 48 teams in the Ontarios, and you had to be the top two teams to go out to represent yeah. your province or whatever. So if, if you lost one game in the Ontario eliminations, you're pretty well done. You had to play like 15 to get back. So we got lucky there. We went undefeated with Robbie just through every game, and, and I think we were 8-0 or 10-0 or whatever it was, walked through and ended up winning and going to the Nationals. Uh, but uh, like you say, it was uh, playing Stitzel was a hoop that gave us the, the opportunity to play against yeah. the, the Steve Prices and the Randy Pecks and all those guys. They would come yeah. down to the Grove because we lived close and do batting practice. Obviously, Price would be throwing me and Robbie BP, and then uh, you know Randy Peck would catch, and then I'd go in and catch. And Robbie would be throwing Pricey and, and Pecker BP. And we did this like every night, every second night, just to, and that sort of gave us a base of hey, this is going to be good because when you go into the week and you're ready to go, you're, you're all primed. Oh my God, yeah. Amazing. Jeez, we are we are pretty blessed there because we had like national team players throwing us as we wanted to get on the national team yeah. to get to the next level. But yeah. these guys are showing us the ropes, and, and you know, God love them for helping us out. Oh, that's amazing! Can you imagine having forty eight teams now? Like, just to go, <laughs> Jesus! Like, uh, well, the Canadians used to be really hard years ago too. You could yeah. have. 14, 16 teams going to the Canadians. Yeah, where right. We were playing at Western Victoria in 97 and stuff like this. And, and like, it was every team was tough because every team had the number one and number two throwers there. To mm-hmm. Every team was like, crap. When you won that, it was tough. It got a little watered down when it come to, like, as you got older, as, as the game progressed, it's like the, you needed more money, more budgets. There wasn't many sponsors anymore. Teams weren't funded anymore. Less teams started doing the traveling thing, which yeah. made it hard. But it's too bad because there's nothing better than going to the Nationals when you get like six, 14 or 16 teams and, and everybody's pretty competitive because you just don't know who's going to win. Mm, that's right. You yeah. go to the Nationals now, you pretty well know the top three teams and who's going to be there in the final day. So, so mm. a lot of the other teams are like, well, why the hell am I even going to go? Like me, I'd like to go for the competition, but everybody don't see it that way. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so true. Now, when when you and Robbie were playing in Stittsville, were you, was this around the time you guys were traveling to New Zealand as well in the winter? We got back... No, we went to New Zealand after that, after, I think, it was Stitzel. Oh, okay. So it might have been before. It's one of the years that we went before or after. I think it was after we played Stitzel. We went to New Zealand to play winter ball. How was that? And then when we came back, oh, amazing. Yeah. I would strongly say, like I talked to Robbie Gray and these guys, the Grays used to go down a lot. And he said, you got to go down over. you got to go down and see because you're playing your summer ball and then you go right into their winter. So we went down and then great experience. The only thing is you're throwing off, you're playing on AstroTurf and you're throwing off like mats on the mound. Right. That didn't work out too well for Rob. Back then, Rob used to jump right out of the chute. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, so he'd jump at a, a left-handed batter. He'd almost jump at you and then throw the ball diagonally away. It was like, holy crap. And everyone was like, how the hell are you supposed to hit that? So when he had to pitch on the mat, you had to stay in the mat. It became tough for him to try to figure it out. Yeah. But I mean, we got through it and we had some fun, but you just... You see, you're playing against the Thomas Makias, the Jared Martins, the, you know, 
Sorensen will play down there. Everybody, Tommy, Donnie Hale, I mean, Patty wow. Shannon, everybody's playing in the leagues down there. So you're playing against them all the time. So you're getting to see the best of the best, which which is just, it's to me, an amazing oh. experience. I suggest anybody that can get a chance to do it, either play in Australia or New Zealand, go down and do it, yeah. especially New Zealand, because they're very competitive. Yeah, and so good for your development as well. Un- unbelievable. Like you say, Robbie Gray, uh, you know, he, I don't think yeah. he'd be where he is today in the, in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that if he didn't do it because you just, you know, it gets your name out there. You get to see different pictures from all over the world. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's such a great experience. I, I would suggest anybody can do it, do it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. One one takeaway I have from this is how hard is it for someone being as young as you and Robbie were to just up and go to Stittsville and then up and go to New Zealand? It, you know what? It, it wasn't easy because, like I say, we were all bodies. I mean, we loved this land and we loved staying there. And then we had a pretty close family with modern father over there and it always, you know, followed the ball and all that stuff. And just to cut, to, to go away to Ontario for three months, you leave all your friends and family mm. behind. It's like, okay, that, that's, it's pretty tough. It, it's a culture shock because you're living on your own now and you're doing what you have to do. And then all of a sudden, you're going to the other end of the world. <laughs> so, luck, lucky enough, me and Robbie had each other and we yeah, were pretty exactly. tight. And, and you go down there and, you know, we lived together and, did everything together and, and just hung out and, and it was cool but it is a culture shock because it's like Jesus now you're on your own man There's, you can't look back and depend on mommy and daddy to help you out do what you gotta do you're, you're figuring it out on your own so it, it was it was good I mean that made us grow up and, and I think uh, we definitely 100% benefited from it because like you say the experience alone was just amazing I mean we were fascinated when you flush the toilet and those jobs away well, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're driving on the wrong side of the road and there's a Jesus around oh we're gonna figure this shit out <laughs> your first ISCs? Because what I got online, mine, was it 2000? IAC, I played a lot of Canadian. It was 2000. I never started playing the ISCs until 2000 because when I played in Grand Prairie, we played four years in Grand Prairie up there and we didn't have enough money in the budget. Like we were working bingos and we were having, uh, you know, selling tickets and the whole nine yards because we didn't have a lot of great sponsors. Or not great sponsors. didn't have a lot of sponsors. Right. Right. The sponsors were great. Um, but we always focused on the Canadians because we said, you know what, we're probably not going to win anything at the, at the ISCs, but We'll try to get there at some point in time. So we're just focusing on the Canadians. That's what we're raising our money for to go down for the budget and stuff like that. So that's what it was. So then when I, I left Grand Prairie and got brought in Glenn Burke, brought me in to play with Owen Sound in 2000. Yeah, 2000. Is that where you're going to make a run to the – it was in Kansas City, Missouri, where the ISC. So we went there and we put up a good show. We had uh, had a great run there. And we ended up winning the Canadians that year when we came back. So, I mean, that's where it started. And then from there, I, I think uh, next year – I think I went to New York for a couple of years and with the spirit with, um, with Reese Casley and, and Greg Newton and, and all these guys. And then Coxie came over and then from there we went to, to bowl because we merged with Broken Bowl and we right. ended up winning a couple of years there in 2003, 2004. We won the Worlds back to back with bowl, but then we had uh, Musi with us and Coxie. So that was uh, those guys uh, that hooked the ball. Yeah. 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 I mean, for you, sure. I mean, you just mentioned that back to back title with Broken Bow. How cool was that? I mean, that had to be pretty special. 
to win the first was amazing because I mean everybody's dream you want you want to win mine was to win the Canadians. I would love to win the Canadians. Do I need to get a ring? I want a ring. And then we won the Canadians, like, okay, this is great. Now what do we do? All right, let's go after worlds. And then, you know, Coxie and Mike Taylor and myself and then Jody Eight and, and these guys got together and then we went to Broken Bowl and then we all merged. So merges don't typically work out when you have it because you have Six of Doc's guys, you get six of uh, Bob Quick's guys right. in New York. Right. I was like, okay, we're all, we're, you know, he had Thomas McKee, Jared Martin, Wolfie. Um, uh, who else did he have there? He had Jazz. Anyway, he had six of his guys there, and we brought our six over. And I was like, okay, how's this going to work out? Well, it worked out amazing because everybody got along because everybody had the same mind frame. That's a big thing. We had to win this. And, uh, and, and went, because I think beauty for like, Two or three years in a row, like twenty three and O in the world. Yeah, that's <laughs> right too. He's got a yep. record for, uh, yep. for the IC for that because we we went ten and O and ten and O two years. I was with G in O. I think Musi the year before that in two thousand two. I think when he played for Doc with the Travelers, I think had a few more wins or whatever it was, and then uh, like I say, we just ran with it. But, but uh, Coxie at there. Music start, Coxie come in and finish off or whatever, and Doc had it all done. It's not just worked out that Music had all the wins or whatever. Like, Coxie never got an all-world, but he threw, you know, in every game or every second game. Yeah, At the yeah. end of the day, it doesn't matter. He, you, you win, you get a ring, and everybody's happy. Nobody remembers that. But, yeah. but it, it, was a good, uh, it was a good thing. The merge worked out. We won in 03 in Kimberly, and we won in 04 in North Dakota, Fargo, North Dakota. So, and then... The sort of that team sort of fell apart. I think Doc Quick sort of stepped back because uh, I don't know what happened with the business or whatever. He right. just wanted to step away. And I think Doc, uh, he still wanted to go, but I think Doc's health had some health issues or right. something. So, anyway, whatever happened, we ended up going our separate ways. But I mean, I wanted to see how far that team could go because it, uh, it was a special team by far. How, how was Doc as a coach? Amazing. Yeah, you won't find uh, you won't find a better technical coach. Now, when you walk on his team, it's like it's me and him clash heads all the time. Because when we first started catching for Doc, I like to call the game. I was like, Doc, you gonna trust me? But Doc had boxy catching, so Doc Doc would always call boxy game. Boxy here's you know, wiggly sand from the dugout for a change up in boxy. When he say his first name was a rise, he last he dropped whatever it was. So. When I first started playing for Doc, I'm like, Doc's yelling at me, wiggly sand. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> like, Sean, I'm calling the game. I said, No, you're not. He said, yes, I am. I said, no, you're not. He said, Yes, I am. He said, It's my show. There's one sheriff in town, and you're looking at him. I said, Okay, Doc, this is not going to work out because you might see a game from the bench, but it's a whole different game when you get behind the plate because the balls are different. The batter's coming in. The, the, the ground is different. People are digging in situations are different. You just, you got to have a feel for the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got to know what situation it is. And I can feel that. And that's what I'm going to go with. Like, you throw a ball back at the game, and and, and Framie, you probably know yourself. Some strings are different. Yeah. So 100%. some are lighter balls, some are heavier balls. They're all supposed to be the same, but it's not true. It's just different feel for the ball. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we get a different ball here. I know what a Frank can't throw a rise ball. They're going to go with a few differs. If Doc wants me to call a rise ball, Frank can't throw one, and all of a sudden he throws one and ends up the trees. It's going to be a shitstorm. Yeah. But anyway, we, we managed to get through the game, and I said, Doc, you got to trust me. So we finally got to the trusting. Okay, uh, I'll let you call the game for that, but I'm still going to call for boxing. He said, well, boxing catches, you can do whatever you want, Doc. <laughs> you know, knock yourself out. But I said, I have a feel for the game. You've got to trust me. And I said, things will go well. But as a coach, amazing. Amazing yeah. coaches. As you walk into the yard, you want everybody watching you. We we, we dress good. We look good. Yeah. We walk in with your head because you guys are coming to play. You guys are winners. Like He made you believe that, hey, you're going to win. So it just, 
he's a Tom Brady of uh, yeah. the football thing. Like he yeah. made you believe. You look good. You play good. Everything was all in the place. Oh yes. Like, it must have. He always said, "Yeah, like he always said, I'll get you to the final day." But he said, "I can't win every." Yeah. He said, "I'll get you to the Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is." But when you get in that final day, how bad do you want the ring? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, man, that gives you chills." I was like, "Yeah." Oh fuck yeah, that's sick. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah. Now it it, it definitely must have worked in '03 because you and Boxy both got. All world, so I mean, hey, it's not too often you have all worlds from both teams. Like me, me and Boxy always had a great relationship. Like you say, Boxy's a great catcher, great guy, hell of a hitter. Like he, mm. he, he either Boxy would DP and I'd catch, or I'd DP and Boxy catch. So we sort of switch swaps. So it was the best situation for anybody because you get your time to rest. You go up and have a few swings, you still get the flow of the game. Right. So it worked out really well for us. And then, like you say, Docs, the, you know, on Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, there's OB, you'll take the run, Docs, Boxy will do all the hitting. So you'll do all the catching. Okay, perfect. So I still got the hit, catch, and Boxy got the DP, and he was ready to go anytime he wanted. But uh, it's just, it worked out so well. It's such, it's such a privilege to play with these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, before I jump over to Team Canada, I got I to gotta ask about the, the little black book. Tell us about yeah, the little black book. That downstairs. <laughs> Um, I, I learned years and years and years ago. Um, you talk to guys about it now, like Marty Kernigan, the, the hitter, always had a black book. Swords and always had a black book. Randy Peck had a black book. All these guys had the black books. And I'm playing junior, thinking, what the hell, they want a black book for? Like, what's this all about? What do you be writing down? And then I come to realize that, Jesus, this is a novel idea because you're not going to remember everybody. There's so many different hitters coming to go, and you can't remember everybody. So at the end of the day, I, I started my own, on my own players and my own team just because I know I'll probably never play together with everybody. So you'll right. finally play against them. like Like you play Wolfie and then all of a sudden you're playing against, you play with Eider and then you play against them. So, oh, smart, yeah. You know, you, you're still trying to figure these people out. So you still write it down. We were we were okay, Robbie and I, and, and Michael. Michael White was amazing at picking pitchers. So Robbie and I got to, to, got to try to pick his brain and, and hang out with him and do whatever he can, like talking to Colin Abbott too. Abby's good at picking pitchers and stuff like that. But Abby didn't need to. He's such a great hitter. He sees and hits, but just, he's just got a God-given gift. Yeah. We would, we what we'd see, we'd pick, and I'd go home and, and put it in my little book, like make notes. The best work I ever did was in the beer tent. Everybody thought, oh, you're drunk, you're drinking all the time, you're doing this. That. My, that was my best work. Because I go in and probably have a beer in my hand, It'd probably be the same beer to hold at night. Yeah. But people think you have four or five, ten beers. But at the end of the day, I'd always be in a conversation with people trying to pick their brain, but I'd be watching the game that's playing and seeing how people throw to different batters and different situations and different counts. Put that in your memory bank. What first thing you do when you get back to the hotel after that night, pull out your little book that's in your bag, start writing notes, jotting down notes. And and as the years went on, geez, this book got to be pretty big. So you got to know a lot of players. But then players are coming over from Argentina and players are coming over from, from uh, you know, more different guys from Australia, different guys from New Zealand. It's like, oh, who are these guys? I so at the end of the day, it's a lot to remember. But when you go in the, the Friday and Saturdays, the ISC, or you go to the ISS, you got to know who's who and what's what. Pull out that little book and say, okay, I had success on him at this day. This was a 3-2 pitch we used to him. He hit this, you know. And you just try to scout people. And then I, mean, I had the book. A lot of people ask me for it. I said, no, it's just something that I keep personal. And, and it's, it's still in my ball bag somewhere in my house. But uh, <laughs> I haven't pulled out. It's just, it's just such a treat to go back and look through every now and say, wow, I didn't know this. But, but that's... 
that's what the guys t- guys taught me back in the day to Man. be successful. You can't remember everything, so you have to write stuff down. So say you have a pick on on Darren Zach, or you have a pick on Mike Piednik or Michael White, or Marty Grant, or any of the guys. You want to put that down, and then when you go back back and look at the pictures again, the next the next year, whatever. See if you have the same pick. If you don't, if they if they fix it, adjust it, whatever. Like right. usually for years, throwing a rise ball, he'd have his finger out of his glove, and his finger goes straight. Mm-hmm. When he'd have his drop, his finger would bend out of his glove. So I'm like, Jesus. So I started playing with music. I'm like, music, here's the deal. I'm playing with you now. It's going to affect me down the road. So I can't probably play against you, but stick your finger inside your glove. So <laughs> don't have it, you know, your index finger always yeah. inside the glove. So put it inside your glove because you're giving everything away. And we worked on that. And it was amazing because when people don't know what's coming, it's tough when, when music's going so hard. Like I say, music spins where... His rise would go, rise spin would go down, and his drop spin would go up. And, and I remember we were playing the farm one time, and Abby was there, and usually throws a drop ball with a rise ball spin. And Abby goes, What in the fuck is that? <laughs> Abby, that, that was a drop ball. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Yeah, the rise ball spin. I said, Abby, I'm telling you, it's a drop ball. He's like, Jesus, what am I going to do now? I, said, I don't know, man. He's throwing 100 miles an hour, and the spins are not the way to go, and the way they're supposed to go. I said, Good luck with that. So Abby, Abby was having a little bit of trouble in that music, because, you know, like I say, he picks up spins right away because he's such a keen hitter. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like I say, even even a guy like Sean Rycheck would have trouble. Like I think between Abby and, and that we call him Dog Rycheck, they're probably my two toughest outs as hitters because you can never break their concentration at the plate, mm-hmm. and they were always so focused. Like they had a game plan going to the plate. Like they remember what their last pitch sequence was. They remember all the stuff. So I'm trying to stay one step ahead of them, saying, okay, they know what their last pitch sequence was. Their last at bat. I'm going to try to. to to play with that little, so there's so much mental games going on between the, the batters and then the, the catchers, and it was, just, it was crazy. Like it's overwhelming yeah. when you think about it. It's not just a game anymore; where you just see it. Hit it. You got to try to stay one step ahead. Yeah, and uh, like, this little black book uh, book helped me for for years, and and even when Robbie had picks on people, we'd be sitting in the beer tent or whatever, and then take a picture. Whatever, first thing I do is go back and put it. As you got that? Yeah, all right. So it worked out well. It helped me over the years. And, Every little advantage you can take to help yourself. I mean, why not? It's not cheating. You're just no, it's not cheating at all. You're watching the game. You're seeing what's going on. You're just picking a little bit about it. Yeah, man, shit, that's so cool. Love it, love it. That's so cool. I I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Michael White. Uh, Are you surprised to see him having such success as a coach in the NCAA? Not at all. Yeah, not at all. I played with Lady for a couple of years, and the knowledge that that man has is. Second, he's probably one of the smartest people I've met in the game. Where it comes to just, he just got the game, just taken apart piece by piece by piece. Like he's got it all figured out. Like yeah. and the goal from Oregon down to Texas is still be successful wherever he goes. Like he just he's made for the game. And Whitey, as a pitcher back in the day before he hurt his arm, but he used to throw rockets. Yeah, and then and then when I caught from his sort of arm was, was he had surgery or had it fixed or whatever it was. And then Whitey was in the stage with amazing changeup, but his location was phenomenal. He was like Pietnik, like Pietnik with location. These guys could uh, knock a stopper off the top of the bottle if he wanted to. That's how good he Whitey, Whitey was so smart. Like you say, he taught you a lot about, Obi, I'm going to pitch location because I'm letting the hitters get themselves out. I'm going to keep them in the park, but I'm going to let them get themselves out. So we're going to we're going to go this and, and you know set them up for the changeup. So we were on the same page. It was such a treat to catch for guys like that, him and Z and Pietnik and all these guys that could, just amazing control. And, and you think catching was hard. It wasn't hard at all, but you just sit back and put your glove there. 
Yeah. You know, these fellas are going to hurt him. Yes, they threw hard, but at the end of the day, they, you know, they hit your glove, so it kind of made it really easy. Fuck, I wish I could tell my catcher before again. Yeah, look, I'm going to try and keep him in the yard. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. You, you, you know how you do that, Framer? You, you throw the 20-foot dipper. How many people are hitting that out of there? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, every now and then, Dino would throw that 20-foot dipper where you never had a grip on the ball. Dino, you throw it 100 miles an hour and it bounces 10 feet from the plate. We get an issue. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to dive back here, buddy. I don't know what's going uh, on. Oh, sorry. I'll be sorry. Go with the lifter. Yeah. Oh shit, that's awesome. Um I guess I've been blessed to play with some great players over the years. Oh just, yeah. Just fascinated. Yeah, yeah. And so speaking of great players, I mean oh, you well. you joined Team Canada in two thousand. How special was that for you, you know, getting that call that you'd you'd be done the red and white? Very, very special. Like you say, it was uh I was waiting for Chaser for years to we'd always talk to Dougie Chaser stuff. We were in the development program since nineteen ninety five and then you find you go every year like all right, Chaser's still there, Chaser's still there, he's not and then he finally got to the year where he said, oh, yeah, I think he's going to make my last year. So I'm like, all right, great. Come 2000, we'll step up and, and step in the roles. When you get the call, like Bader was coaching back then, and then Smitty took over. And then it's like, all right, there you go. Here's your opportunity. Now you prove yourself. But it was always a thrill just to throw on that red and white jersey. Yeah. You get there to play for your country. It's just, like I tell everybody, some people take the pressure where it's like, you know, some people just can't perform. And for whatever reason, whatever you do, your whole the club team, you're lighting it up, and then you put on that red and white, and like the brain shuts down. Like they try to do different things and all that. So when I first came to the team, I was like, "Oh, but you got here as a catcher and, and a hitter and all this stuff." He says, "Don't change a thing. Don't change your bat style. Don't don't change your stance. Don't change nothing. You come right. here and be who you are, and that's what you got to do." And, and I took those those words to heart, and you go in and just you don't try to change. And other guys would come in. And just, oh, I he said, I got to change my stance, or I got to change my batting style, or I got to try to go this way, that way. You may be team because of who you are, what you did throughout the year. Right. Why all of a sudden, when you put on the red and white, that you got to change something? Don't change it. Just be who you are. And that's what the newbies are so successful right now, because they don't care. They play the game for the love of the game, and they play it hard. Yeah. And when they get put in red and white, it doesn't matter what color jersey they got. Yeah. They're still going to play hard. And that's what makes them so successful because the pressure don't bother them. They just go and do what they do, do what they're, they're taught to do. Play yeah. hard no matter what jersey you got on. That was it's such a special moment. And then when you have people like Abby and, and Z and Chris Jones and, and all these guys who surround yourself by who've been there and done that, got the teacher, like, hey, just do this, just do that, just relax yeah. with yourself. And it makes it so comfortable as a young kid coming in to say, hey, this is great. Yeah. Any big moments stick out for you? Uh, the ISFs are always pretty special. Like I said, we lost the top one in New Zealand in mm-hmm. 2004. Ron and and we had Abby and Grazer, and all these guys were just lighting it up, and, and Wolfie, and, and we had Z, and Musi, and, and Dino, and just just a treat to play with these guys, and they were on a roll, and then we got to the finals, and just up 3 nothing, and, and just uh, for whatever reason, you know, Sword was... started getting a few hits, and Sword hit a three-run bomb or yeah. something. We just couldn't find our way back from that. But uh, was that the one uh, where everybody was, was getting there. pinned? Yeah, uh, <laughs> rumor has it that uh, Harvey Stevens went out. They caught the lady in center field or whoever it was with a laptop that were stealing my signs from home plate. And some guy was standing up uh, for a rise ball or sitting down for drop out with a flesh and shirt on. I don't know. There, there's a whole pile of rumors, and, and it is what it is. Like you said, you still got to hit the ball. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, if you know what's coming, it is. And, and you know, I don't want to sound like a sore loser or all that stuff, but he did. They did find a person with a laptop that did have all my signs and relayed signs and shit like that. But hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's it. It's just, it is what it is. We lost. We move on. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like I said, the guys got their guys got it back in 2015 anyway with that big come from behind win where Lolly lit it up. And, <laughs> We're not allowed to mention Lolly's name on the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. My, my bad. That's okay. <laughs> actually, no, we, we, did. we have to because I actually, I, I've listened to your podcast with them. You, you got to tell the story about uh, Lolly's, you know, first team Canada when you got him on the team and he, <laughs> he got called out at first. <laughs> It, it wasn't so much I got him on the team. Is that you know you see kids and you know they have a special ability, right? Right. And I seen yeah. Lolly play the circuit, and he's a young kid, full of physical hitting and all that stuff. So you know, like this kid can hit. He's a good hitter. I don't know what he's like between the years, but he's a good hitter. And then find out, you know, he's from Newfoundland, and then then got to be got to be buddies with him and all that stuff. But you know, Lolly always says, "Oh, you got me on the team." No, Lolly, I, I talked to Smitty about it. It's Smitty, you know, there's an opportunity where something happens that Tasha's Tasha's son got sick or something. God, That's you know, right. Yeah. It, it, shitty time for Tosh, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You got to be with your family. And, and so yeah, open the for door sure. for guys like Lolly. And he came on the scene and I was like, man, man, he was just nervous as heck. And then got there and then, you know, he gets his at bat and Lolly, you know, do what you do, what you comes naturally, do what you do. So anyway, you know, when you get down in, in Latin American countries, the umpire is not that great because, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. What it is. Yeah. And he gets, you know, he was safe, but he got called out. And Jesus, and he was looking at him and he takes the helmet and he just smashed him around the face. <laughs> the helmets that gave us back then, I think, were like shot helmets or some helmets where all the ear pieces would come out and everything. So the helmet went to about 10 different pieces. So he's walking all over the place, picking it up. Smitty's just shaking his head. He's looking at us with his head down, saying, "Yeah, was one of my finest moments. Was I guess I get my plane thing going on?" He said, "Jesus, Lolly. I mean, at the game, like, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned from that. But this, I said, "Holy Christ, but you got to do your penance. Now you're going to be in trouble, but get over it, pick your head up, and let's go." And you, just, yeah. you learn from your mistakes. But I mean, like you say, he he grew up. Eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck yeah! Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he made it all right. Yeah, you give him a chance at the national team, and this is what you do, Lolly. Come on, like you make us look bad. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, he, oh, he definitely made it up for the country in in 2015 for sure. <laughs> you know what? He, he did something really special. Right? Something that I'll never see done again. Unbelievable. Anybody in my career, anybody else's life. Just one of those days when the ball got just up and down on you, and. You know, he was, he was there at the right place at the right time, and he's just a, a given, he's just a gifted athlete where, where yeah. you know, he's built to play ball and just got that natural great swing. And, and when you're locked in, when, like, he was the best hitter in the world for a year or two when he's in that zone. Yeah. There wasn't anybody getting out. I mean, Shalen is extremely good as well for for hitting. Shalen's mm-hmm. up, and I played with him for a few years. And just amazing, like, these guys can hit anything. But when you're locked in like that, it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we played him when he was, when he was locked in against us. Uh, so I don't know he's we were playing, anyway, we were playing against him. He's locked in, and all of a sudden, he struck with the elbow by mistake. Uh, God damn it! And he says, "We're really pissed you off." He got on first base. I'm stealing. He has that FDA type thing going crazy, and then I end up throwing him out on second. <laughs> he said, "I want to smash my helmet a thousand pieces. My arm is vibrate because he's drilling the arm." And all of a sudden, I got to just. You just take a hitter out of his momentum. That's all it is. Make him think when he's the ball. He still laughs about to this day. But oh yeah, for it. sure. <laughs> oh shit, that's awesome. That's great. Oh, I gotta, I gotta ask about 2010, that ISC championship. You and Robbie had together with the uh, Jarvis. Walk us through that. That had to be, you know, what a great way to end it. What? Very, very, very special. Uh, like I say, Robbie and I had uh, had plans from day one. We wanted to win the Canadians together. We got blessed. 2000 around the one we wanted. You know, we tended to go our different ways from there. Um, played a few Canadians together, and, and you know, we won in uh, 
05, 06 with St. Thomas, one in 03, and then a couple with Owen Sound. And we wanted quite a few Canadians getting there, but we never won the Worlds together. So, like, and he, he knew I wanted back to back in, in 2003, 2004. And I said, man, I just I want to win the Worlds. So, you know what? For whatever reason, the ball gods looked upon us because LG was putting the team together and. You know, we didn't have many places to go because teams emerged and all that stuff. He said, all right, Jarvis, want to merge with the, with the Travelers here and see what happens. So, okay, great. So, once again, you're involved with another merge. Not sure how it's going to work out. We had, you know, guys like Benny Inoka come over, who's young, 19, 20 years old, vibrant, great ball player, and Brad Rona, and you know, Adam Folker, who was a pretty good thrower back then. And Not bad. Still is out of the day. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I never caught for Folker before. I was all right, this should be a treat. The guy throws like 200 miles an hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and another great kid, you know, great guy to have on your team. We had Eatsy and Timmy Mack. It's just a pile of people throwing in, in, in a hat. And, all right, let's go over this. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we were especially there, and we had a good run through the whole year, and then we get to the to the world. So I was like, all right, man, this is our shot. Like, I don't know how many more years we got left of this because, you know, start falling apart as you get older. And finally get to, to the semifinals, and then we lost the game through the round robin. I think it was to the Gremlins. So we get to the final day, lucky enough, and then the teams you got to play in Chicago, New York, the Gremlins, and the Kitchener Travelers, or Kitchener uh, River Sharks, in order to win this. And like, oh, my Jesus Christ. Meanwhile... You know, Boral Adams' arm was falling off. He didn't throw a thousand innings off. So we get to the point where we get there, and, and uh, we beat Chicago, New York in eight innings in the morning. And in the afternoon, we go head to head with the Gremlins, the uh, New York Gremlins, and we end up beating them in 11 innings. We're just bagged by then. So, all right, now we got to go face Kitchener tonight. So go back, get your rest. We're going to Kitchener tonight. So you go back and have a couple hours to, to clear your head, get something to eat. Go back there and play Kitchener. Like, we look at our Robbie and say, all right, man, this is our time. It's up to us. We're not going to get another kick at this. So, we got lucky there. We got to get in a situation where we get a, get a couple of runs and it gets a little comfortable and they start coming back. Adam's arms falling off to bring an eight seed. Eight seed tries to, you know, go as long as he can because he was hurt. And then finally get into a situation where we're in uh, bases loaded. We're one out in the fifth inning. We're up by, I think it's 3 1. We got Patty Shannon and Nighter coming up, so we're like 28, he's done. So then we're bringing poor old uh, Andrew Fibbs, never throwing all week. And I've never caught much for Fibbsy, so I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this is leading into a, to a decent story where Fibbsy gets there and, and he, the poor guy is just sweating bullets. Like, the, the, the pressure is immense. You got Patty Shannon coming base with Lola, like, we're winning by two runs. And, like, the guy hits a grand slam, and, oh, you know, we're basically going to lose all here because we're not going to come back. Anyway, basically, he does his warm ups, and I walk up to the mound and say, uh, How's it going, bud? Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay, okay. There's the deal, buddy. I said, You know, make him get himself out. Make him hit the ball. And he's looking at me and saying, Huh? And meanwhile, Rona's coming over on third base. What'd you say? I said, Make Patty Shannon hit the ball. <laughs> and he's like, All right, fellas, I'm not following. I said, Oh, he'll be easy. He's like, probably one of the best hitters in the game. I said, Make him get himself out. Doesn't not walk, but make him get him, make him hit the ball, make him hit it to one of our guys. We got base load, hit it to one of our guys. Okay, so he's going to get in there. He looks at me, Rona gives me a like, ah, high and inside, OBB and inside dipper. Okay, perfect. So I go back, high inside dipper, straight corner. He's just like, all right, he's pretty well good. So then uh, next pitch, high inside dipper, strike two. All right, now he's getting a good feel for the game. Gets there, you know, next pitch, same pitch, strike two, you're out. Jesus just struck out Patty Shannon, so he's just vibrating right now. So I walk <laughs> that? He's all oh, man, this is that. And now we got two outs, which is Quack Ryder. So I know Ryder's stuck in the bucket for years. 
So I said, all right, I'll just try a dipper away or something and then see what we can do with it. Sure enough, first pitch, throw a dipper away, and he pops up the opiate on shortstop by Ian Furman. Uh, sure enough, he got the inning. So I come in the dugout, and Fibsy goes, Obi, what was that all about? He said, well, you tell me to let him hit the ball. He said, Fibsy, here's the deal. I said, I tell you we need a strikeout. You're going to grab the ball, try to overthrow the ball, do whatever you don't do naturally. I said, make him get himself out. Let's not lose the game on a walk or walk two guys wherever because you're afraid to pitch to. Just let him hit it. If they hit it, they hit it at the park, that's it. Man, what can we do? It's not meant to be. But at the end of the day, make him get himself out. Because so if we hard. give him a free pass, it's not going to work. But you just got to read the situation. And that the situation was this guy was throwing in a situation where he, he just – you're set up for failure, basically. Yeah. You're facing two of the best hitters in the world coming up, and then you have to throw away the ball all week. And I was like, okay, man, let's try to make this as comfortable for him as can. And, and, and he threw amazing pitches. Like, And then the next two two innings, he came out, and he just he got so much confidence built up that it just flowed. Nice. Everything flew. A guy's got himself out. I'm like, you say, if you talk to Andrew Phipps to this day, he'll tell you the same story. It's just, just one of those days where <laughs> it worked out so well, and he got his confidence because he got out of that inning, and then he just dressed just when I looked at Robbie at the end of the day when the last out was we go, man, we did it. No, no matter what happens, no matter what happens now, we'll walk together forever with this. We got our ring. We got that yeah. world ring that we wanted to put together. And, and like you say, and, and Robbie man. did well. I mean, he's an amazing hitter and didn't get to throw in the eyes. He's much fun anywhere. Just, just, you yeah. know, just, it worked out really well. It's a good way for us to end our careers at that. Jeez, I guess so. Beautiful. Probably had a few rums after that, what? <laughs> It was, it was good. Like you say, at the end of the Worlds, where you end up winning. Yeah, you're probably toast. I'm back. So I yeah. go back to the room. Benny and Oak of 19, 20 years old. Already, let's go, let's go. Enjoy yourself. Fuck I'll just off, sit boy. back and watch all the shenanigans. I'm just, I'm just exhausted. Right yeah. yeah. You know, it's three, three games and, and, you know, you're getting eight inning, you're 10 inning, you're eight inning, 11 inning, and another seven inning game that's stressful. And, and just, yeah. I'm just I'm mentally spent right now. I'll have a few drinks and we'll celebrate next week when, yeah. when you know, we get together again or whatever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I mean, it's just, just amazing ball for you. Just love it. Yeah. Oh, now, for, I mean, for the amazing career you had getting that call for the ISC Hall of Fame I mean what was that like that was that was shocked me actually I wasn't expecting it um I got a call from John Thompson I was on a work site whatever is it uh, yeah this is John Thompson hey Johnny how you doing buddy you know we just want to congratulate you for getting the Hall of Fame is it me I said Johnny there may more better players out there than me but you know if it's Sean you were you know, first ballot, first choice, blah, blah, blah. He just starts going on. He says, you were honored to have you in there. And I was Johnny, holy, I, I don't know what to say, man. I could almost hit the floor right now. I said, I played the game for the love of the game. And I said, where it took me, it took me. But at the end of the day, do I think I should be in the same category as Zach or Pietnik or Timmy Wall or Doug Chase and all these guys? I don't think so. It's Sean, you, you're it's unanimous. Like, you got voted in and then you're good to go and you're going to go in with Robbie Gray and Paul Rose, which is just, oh man, and Freddie Nelson and, and Holland. Like, like, you name it. And I was like, oh man, this, this is such an honor. I just, I was vibrating all the way home. I could, just couldn't wait because it's not something you expect. Huh. It just like, gave me shivers for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have dreams as a kid to to go to whatever level, but I don't think you can ever dream of going to a Hall of Fame. That's not something no. kids dream of. But I mean, when you get that call, it's like, holy crap, did they, they really think I'm good enough to win there? Now, I still don't think I was good enough to win there. I'll go on with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, look, I, I played the game to get the best of my My whole objective is when I play with Robbie to get the best of And where we went from there was just a bonus. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, like you yeah. say, he, he got to a level where he decided to go and branch off, and I branched off. And lucky enough for me, I got to surround myself by great people. And when that happens, good things happen to you. 
And I was just lucky to find myself in the right place at the right times. And all I had to do was just catch a ball, catch a ball and throw a ball. I'd think a game for, for people. That's all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't hard in my mind. But you, you did your homework. And, and to me, I thought that the homework paid off. And it's just it's such an honest-to-God blessing that uh, just, just uh, you know, very humble because of it. Excellent. Oh, man, that's, that's amazing. Fuck, yeah. Randy didn't yeah. think you deserved it, but I did. Just let you know. <laughs> Shut Obi. the fuck up. Uh, that's right, buddy. You never expect it, but when you get that call, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's just awesome. Oh. You're flabbergasted. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm just I'm honored to be there, and, and absolutely, it's just, uh, just such a treat. Oh, what can I say? The game's been great to us. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now, we like to end this off with the Player Association. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some names out to you. And okay. um, if you have some stories about them, you can go ahead and and let them fly. Because <laughs> I got stories about everybody. But, uh, I'd say. Probably all of me both. First one, <laughs> first one is uh, a Darren Box. Boxy, love Boxy. Boxy, great hitter. He'll stay in, and hit BP till he's hand to bleed. He'll have 700 BP hits. Like the pitcher is dead tired. I need the beer after throwing Boxy BP. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Oh, God, Boxy will stay in there for hours. Uh, he just loves this ball. He's Boxy's that guy. I'll get, I'll get my tent and get out of there. Yeah. And then, you know, he'll stay there forever. Just just, just a treat to watch because he puts balls with him. Yeah, right on. Uh, next, uh, touched on him a little bit earlier, uh, Gerald Muser. Musi, love Musi. Very professional. Hmm. You won't find a better professional player than Musi because he takes the game very serious. He's very technical, and, he, and it just gives it his all every time he plays. Yeah, love music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had him on here, and man, he was <laughs> he was fun to talk to for sure. Yeah, great guy, uh, very technical. Love music. Yeah. Uh, next, Ryan Wolf, the best player that I've ever played with. Really? Wow, uh, that's awesome. By by far, an ambassador for the game. I mean, you have your Abbeys and and that can hit the ball, and Wolfie did it all. Wolfie was an amazing outfielder. Great team guy, great team leader. I mean, I, I can't say enough great things about him. And a great roomie. I room with Wolfie for a bit on the road when we go days and stuff like that. And you know what? Great friend, great person. I can't say he's a better person than he is player. That's how good he is. Well, you know what? I talked about this. Were you, I'm I'm going sidetracked here. Were you with Kitchener in 09 in St. Thomas? Uh, for the Canadians? I yeah. think so. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. That's when he brought Wolfie in and... and that, yeah, in the finals. Yeah, yeah, he's with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was – so I beat you guys in 09. <laughs> Fuck off, Randy. <laughs> that could have been. My, yeah, that could have been. My only win at Canadian Nationals gets <laughs> Kitchener. Yeah. No. It's the big dog. Yeah, no, the only reason I say that because Wolfie because wasn't at the game. Talk about. No, Wolfie wasn't at the game. He was like – for some reason, he, he wasn't at the field for that game. And I was like, holy shit. Thank God Ryan Wolf's not in this lineup. <laughs> Meanwhile, the you rest of the lineup stacked as well. <laughs> like I said to Wolfie, Wolfie's whole secret was he's a first ball fastball hitter. He leads off the game. That, that first pitch is there no matter where it is. It? That's just that's Wolfie's game. So yeah. when you play against yeah. him, you kind of put that in your memory bank. But when he's not there and you're playing against him, that, that's a treat. It's like, okay, don't have to worry about him. Check that out. Please. Yep, for sure. For sure. And, what a ball player. Yep, absolutely. And we, we got to end it. We ended it with your brother, so it's only fair. Robbie O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what, what can I say? We had our battles over the years, but it's a brotherly love thing. I want nothing but the best for him. And, and he's, you know, I like to say we, uh, I like to have, like to say I had a hand in his success. And, and my most best moment, I think, or one of my best moments is when he went 
1999 or 1993 in New Zealand with the World Juniors. And he went down with uh, oh, right. a lot yeah. of lads there. And yeah. he ended up winning there. And we worked so hard to get him to that point in the gym and the whole thing there. throwing. And he finally got there. And I didn't go to New Zealand when they won it. I stayed and I was listening to it on, on the radio or whatever they had. And finally, when they ended up winning, and he called me back home and said, man, we did it. And that was that was more special to me than us winning the ISC together in 2010. Wow. To know that he finally, wow. he finally in junior, that went down, the, he pitched the game, he hit the game-winning RBIs, yeah. he did all that stuff. And it's just, we were prepared for you to do what you did. And you went down and you did it, man. I take my hat off for you. And that, that was my most, I think that's one of my most proud moments ever for uh, for playing ball. I never even played. I just prepared him to <laughs> do awesome. that to get Very there. Yep. And uh, and he just ran from there. He just took off with his career. And, and that, you know, God love him. I love him to death. And, and I can't do, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, right on. Like you say, uh, unfortunately, where we live, we live four or five hours away from each other. We don't get to see each other very much because of work commitments and stuff like that. But he said, when we do get together, it's just, uh, I just love it. It's just yeah. love being around him, love hanging out. And just, uh, just, I can't say enough good things about him. But we did push ourselves years ago to, to, to better ourselves. Good stuff. You don't have a you don't have a bar stool with the goofy noofy. <laughs> no, no, no. When I, when I get there, I'm sure I will though because yeah. we get our seatbelt on. Because well, once you get tangled in there, or we may fall off stool once or twice. You, you got to love the new boy. When you go up there, if you don't have a good time, it's your own fault. Yeah, yeah. Because that, a lot of the lads that come through that play ball is like, oh man, this is great. Rob treats you. Robin's back treats you like gold. I mean, the food yeah. is amazing. And uh, and uh, the booze is like you say, it's all there. You as long as you can handle it, knock yourself out. Yeah, you can't yeah. go home. At the end of the day, when when we get together, it's uh, it's just great. Could you just talk about what we're talking about right now? Just like the good old days. And, and yeah, hey, I take my hat off to you guys and and, and the other podcasts and stuff that you're, you're giving back. Like you're talking about the stories that people want to hear. They okay, you know, you get into the bar and say, well, what did you do in that situation? What did you do? Well, go listen to the podcast because the lads ask all the questions. They've been there and done that. <laughs> They're asking the questions for you as a fan. So. They know what the reaction is. They want to give you the reaction of Here, here's how it was. Here's how the situation unfolded. And I'm like, see, thank God for you guys for doing this stuff. And I totally appreciate it. And I see the people that you had on. I was like, you have everybody and anybody. Like, you have the best of the best. You know, yes. from the women's game to the men's game to the little leagues, whatever it is. I mean, umpires, coaches, you bring them all on. And like you see, well, I can't thank you enough for that. You guys oh, do thanks, an amazing Sean. job. It's awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. I actually, we're kind of—it's kind of selfish on our part because we just do it because we want to hear the stories, <laughs> but we just happen to record it as well. <laughs> but like I said, Hopi, when you guys—you guys played the game, you played at the levels, you did what you had to do. And at the end of the day, you know when you're in the dugout, what everybody's talking about. Yeah. You're getting yeah. to give back to the fans that don't get to hear it. So you right. ask the questions that that the fans don't get a chance to ask you, you don't see after the game and all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. Here, what happened here? What happened there? So you're letting them relive this game, these situations. Oh, wow, that's what really happens. And, and that's what we get a lot of like when we have interviews and stuff like that. It's like, wow, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, these guys will tell you because they're in the dugout. They hear it going on. Now they're going to ask ask us for the fans type things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, oh, before before we let you go, actually, I, I was texting back and forth with Robbie yesterday. And I said, do you have anything? And he told me to ask you about uh, – Driving scooters in Victoria, Team Canada camp with Dino and and Muthi and Shire. <laughs> you know, we, we we had the flying Vigo and we go to a national team and uh, Shire and Dino and all the lads are there. So we get to Victoria and and uh, you know we just sneak out whatever and about eight or ten of us get the little red red and white motor scooters. So we're flying downtown Victoria and we fly by the ballpark, get the flying Vigo and like the, the Anaheim White Sox uh, movie <laughs> there, and we're hanging. So Shire pulls up alongside this this Porsche. 
And the porch would look them over and they're laughing their ass off a swear and swear justice man just like they did dumb and dumber. I said, Hey, I'll trade you straight up for this hog. Well buddy <laughs> laughed his ass off so much. Just hilarious. But what what but that's little things you do with the national team. You try to find some time to do things together. Dino was always great for that too. Dino would always find something for guys to do where you just you bond. Yeah. It's as stupid as it sounds, you bond, you get on the scooters, you go drive together, you have some fun, but it's a bonding thing. And then yeah. hey, we had some fun. Oh, geez, that was a hoot. I'm trying to picture Dino on a scooter. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'd really like to see a picture <laughs> of Dino on a scooter. <laughs> poor, poor old tires didn't have much to say about it. You know? That's a big man. <laughs> yeah. You know what he's He's another guy that's a better person than he was player. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing player. Yeah. Just, just a great guy to talk to, a lot of stories. And, yeah. just, and I caught from for several years. And just uh, when the game is on the line, man, he's there for you. Man. Whether it's hitting or pitching, he just he gives it his all. Yep, yeah, for well, sure. Well, man, that's a great way to end it right there. Yeah. OB, I got I got to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. This has been great. Man, you- guys, I, I can't thank you guys enough. It's just amazing. Love doing it. The top ball 24-7. I know we don't have enough time, but at the end of the day, Anytime you need something, reach out and call me. Anybody else needs something in the game? You got any questions answered, young kids, whatever? Yeah. My phone call away, call Framer. He got my number. Just, just uh, you know, get on the podcast. Uh, you know, follow the guys online. You know, if you need any help at all, just let us know. It's just the one thing you won't be getting is the black book. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks, Obi. Really appreciate it, guys. Take care. Stay healthy. All right, yeah, okay. you too. Take See care. you later. See all you the best, guys. Okay, bye. All right. Hey. You remember we talked about a favorite podcast before? This might be my new one. Man, I, like I said, leading up, I listened to Hilly and Lollies. Yeah. And, and actually, Tushtock, he was on with Tushtock. He was on Dino and Tosh and Donnie yeah. out there. Yeah. Man, such good stories and just the knowledge. Such dude. a passion for the game as well. Oh, love it. Yeah. So I good. told you, I had shivers a few times when he was speaking. <laughs> yeah. Just Man. Uh, that's, that, that was an amazing interview. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. The, how deep he went into scouting his competition. Yeah. Like love it. for anybody like up and coming in the game, like even guys today, like that are in, you know, their thirties, Yeah, you can learn something from Sean. Oh my God. Yes. Like, man, just start right now. Yeah. Start right now. I mean, even as coaches, you and I. Oh, for sure. For sure. Stuff There's he so said. so much you can learn from this. Stuff he said yeah. that we can definitely use with us and, and take advantage of. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Anyway, that was awesome. What a beauty. Yep, for sure. For sure. Anyway, uh, we got another storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, why do we always talk about storms? Know, Every Friday, boy. Every Friday. Every Friday. Right. There'll be another storm coming. Yep. Anyway. I'm still excited about that interview. That fucking yep. was good. <laughs> yep. well, so what do you got coming up, Randy? Let's see. We got, uh, I was telling you, uh, talking to uh, Giselle Juarez, G. Wow. Juarez, wow. who was the... MVP of the Women's College World Series. Not too bad. Yeah. I uh, I lucked into that one. Yeah, so that's I'm, awesome. I can't Social watch. Social media is a beauty. I, I know, man. I can't yeah. wa- wait to talk to G because, I mean, <laughs> she had such a career yeah. at Oklahoma. And, I mean, to be able to sit down and talk to her. I mean, something that's coming up. Like, she just played in front of, like, 15,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Last summer. I mean, kind of like when you beat Kitchen. Wait a second. You brought that up again, you, you know asshole. So, yeah, I, had I had to. <laughs> anyway, I had to. Anyway, You know what's funny? I didn't even think about it until we were talking about Wolfie. And I was like, wait a minute. OB was catching. Yeah. That's right, too. Yeah. I actually don't know if he was hitting that game, though. I don't recall. Because, well, really think about it. They saw that I was pitching. They probably put in their, their worst lineup. No, they had a pretty good lineup. Anyway, it doesn't well, matter. Well, their whole team was good, so it <laughs> didn't matter. Yeah. So, anyway, 
another week. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Let's, uh, good you again. Everybody stay safe. Everybody stay safe. Uh, Follow us on social media. Like five stars on uh, actually Spotify is a new thing. You can rate. Get out. So, so if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a rating, man. Because oh, we oh, like to see woman, it. Please. <laughs> man, woman, all of them. Everybody. All right. Anybody that listens. Okay, rambling. Okay. okay. I got to go find my keys because right. your father-in-law stole my truck. <laughs> All right, classified. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, boys and girls. We need to turn it up. Class, class, bars, bars. We take it up a little higher. Out, I'm feeling out of commission. I call you up in a minute. You come on over, I hit it. I'm the one who said he's never gonna do it, but did it. Yeah, your love is addictive. Without the hugging and kissing, you got me breaking the bag. Got me spending my dough. I love the way that you taste and leave your scent on my clothes. You take my breath away. Choked up, literally. My body felt the pain those couple days when we broke up. You killing me. Yeah, my parents tried to pre-war me, but now we higher than E-40 and King Gordy. When I'm in the studio recording, it seems boring, until you come around each morning and reward me. You're losing my nerves when I was feeling them tight, yeah, I'm falling in love, but kept me up every night. We've been together for years, I can't believe that it lasted. I love you till you're gone, and you're nothing but ashes. You smoking, girl. Type of high I would miss yeah. When you light up I can't explain how much excitement I get uh. Travel to California uh. I catch a flight for your sin yeah. you, you got the same on. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family Or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted Well Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.